to Stories Matter, the podcast created to provide a safe space and a platform to tell our stories. Our stories are unique, and we should own them, embrace them, and share them. Our stories are not a thing in the past. They're part of our experiences that continuously shape and influence our reality. I am your host, Emily Francis. And I hope you find a story here that connects with yours, because stories matter. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to Stories Matter. I am Emily Francis, and I want to thank you for joining Episode 3 of Stories Matter. Episode 3 is the third part of my personal narrative. If you go back to episode one, you would learn my immigrant experience, my journey from Guatemala to the United States. Episode two, I share my experience as an English language learner, an experience as a student here in the United States. Episode three, Three is all about celebrating success and failure. So here in episode three, we pick up where I started my life after walking out of Martin Van Buren, the high school I attended to, and became part of the society as a high school dropout with shelved visions and shelved dreams because I was not able to obtain my high school diploma. I was not able to graduate. Therefore, things fell apart. All my dreams were shattered. All my desires were put away. The idea of ever becoming a teacher began ever since I was a little girl. I was sitting at a market selling my oranges and I see a lady very well dressed walking so elegantly and very well dressed followed by students and I immediately wanted to be like her. I didn't know what it meant to be a teacher, but it was at that moment that a seed was planted in my heart of one day becoming an educator and make a difference. But not being able to graduate from high school shattered those dreams. I was able to put behind me the desire of ever making a difference in society. I started working as a full-time cashier. It was a good job. It paid my bills. It paid my rent, my car insurance, my cell phone bill. It was a job and I was very good at it. I was very efficient at my job. I moved from regular cashier to head cashier to taking 
grocery orders online. I was performing very well. I had skills. I had abilities. But the idea of ever continuing school was gone, was buried, was put behind me. For several years, I tried to apply at different jobs. I tried to apply at a bank and as a secretary, but I was not very confident at interviews. I was not very confident with my English. So sticking to being a cashier was just the most comfortable job that I could do. Right around the year 2000, I get pregnant back in New York. Of course, it was not planned, but I wasn't making enough and I was not in a city where I wanted to raise a child. So I moved from New York to North Carolina where I had an aunt and an uncle who offered the place for me to come and start fresh and start over. And again, here trying to find a job to be able to sustain myself. The only thing that I was really good at was being a cashier. Even though I applied at different jobs, the only one that I was very comfortable when interviewing was a cashier. So I ended up getting a job at Bass Pro Shops as a cashier. Of course, I was expecting my first child and I wanted to make sure that I was just working enough to pay my bills. I had nothing else in mind. My aunt and uncle encouraged me to go to a local community college and look into getting a GED, something that I have never heard of. A GED is an equivalent to a high school diploma. That was three years I had already finished high school and no one had ever mentioned about a GED as a possibility to go to college. I really wished a social worker, an ESL teacher, a regular teacher, or a principal would have called me and say, listen, you don't have to wait a whole year to take the test. Go and see if you can get a GED and, and explained that opportunity to me. No one ever did that. In a matter of six weeks, I believe, I was able to pass the test and obtain my GED. I was very efficient at Bass Pro Shops. I moved again from regular cashier to head cashier to lead cashier to customer service lead. I was very good at my job. I was awarded several awards for being really friendly with customers and very good at performing. I knew I had potential, but it got to a point where I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do in life, scanning groceries or scanning fishing poles at Best Pro Shops was not what I was meant 
to be or do and that is not why my mother brought me here to the United States. That was not what I was supposed to do after this sacrifice that my mother did to bring me here to this country. So I started looking into different possibilities for me to make a difference and four years after I came to North Carolina, that was 2004, I decided to submit my application at a local county school and thought to myself, I am going to apply it as a custodian or serving food, thinking that will be a way in to work at a school and be surrounded by children and perhaps be of an impact around others. And so I submitted my application at Cabarrus County School in 2004. And one day I received a phone call from a principal. And the voice message that he left was that he was wanting me to come in and interview for a teacher assistant position. I promise you I must have played that message 20 times because I had applied for custodian and serving food and just hearing the message that I was wanting that I was wanted to come in for an interview for a teacher assistant to work with children was just something that I couldn't fathom. I waited for my husband to get home home I met at Bass Pro Shops and we married in 2001. We had been married for three years and he encouraged me to apply to the county. I go into the interview and in the interview is the principal Corey Cochran and the teacher who needed the assistant Angie Power. The two of them began the questions for the interview and I don't think I remember answering anything correctly because I didn't know how to answer any of the questions related to content and reading and writing. The only thing that I remember telling them is my story and I said I don't have any experience about working with children though I really wanted to. Here is my story. I took care of children. I stayed back home with my brothers and sisters. This is where I went through. I got my GED. And after them hearing my story, Angie Power tells me today, it was that moment where she was able to see how much potential was in me. Telling her my story was a way for her to see that I was capable to do so much more and she was able to see beyond me being her assistant. I walked out of the interview and I tell my husband, forget it, I didn't get that job because I just don't have what they're looking for. To make that long story short, 
Angie Power ended up requesting me as her teacher assistant and in 2004 I began my career in Cabarrus County Schools working around children. That was my way in to practice my English, work with children, engage with parents, love my language and culture. I started noticing that my potential was buried within me and all I had to do was get it out by being around children and parents in a school setting. As a teacher assistant, I was required to apply for an associate's degree and also I was supposed to be a bus driver. So during the day I was a teacher assistant and a bus driver and in the evenings I was able to go to Rowan Cabarrus Community College to begin working on my associate's degree. It wasn't an easy transition for me because I had enough English to be able to have fluent communication but I didn't have the academic English required for writing papers and this elaborate work that the college was requiring but Angie Power took me under her wing and she helped me my family helped me everyone around me supported me so I can continue school in 2007, I was able to graduate with my associate's degree and it was the very first time I crossed a stage here in the United States. That diploma for me was a way to show that I was capable of so much more. You see, back in 1997, I was dead to the system. The system forgot me. The system didn't follow up. The system gave up on me. But the desire to be what I wanted to be wouldn't leave me alone. It would stir up within me. And I started showing that I could that my potential was there. After I finished my associate's degree, I transferred to the University of Charlotte, the North Carolina University of Charlotte, with the idea of getting my bachelor's in elementary education. And upon enrollment, I was informed that in order for me to be accepted to the Department of Education, I had to pass a test called a praxis. And basically this praxis is some sort of like a resume of everything you learn in high school. <laughs> All the math and the science and the history and that test was very hard for me. I took it six times. And while I was studying for the test and taking the test over and over, I was taking electives at the university, just filling in the time 
because I couldn't be admitted to the Department of Education to take the courses that would equip me to be a teacher until I passed this test. In 2009, I almost quit. I almost walked out of the university the very same way I walked out of Martin Van Buren. It would have been very easy for me to get in my car and come back home and give up and shelve my dreams and visions again because of a test. A test that I couldn't pass as much as I had tried. One day I show up to the guidance counselor's office and I ask to speak with the dean of the department because I needed someone to give me a way through. I needed to make this happen. I get an appointment with the dean back then in 2009. I explain my situation and he asked, why can you not pass this process? That's all you need to do. I explained my difficulty with the English language was making it hard for me. With so much compassion and with so much interest on helping me, he found a way. He explained to me that it would, have take, it would take me two more years, but I could graduate and come back as a grad student and continue my career as an educator. And it was then when I started realizing that the reason I couldn't pass this test was because I was an English language learner. And it was then when I learned about the TESOL program, the teaching English as a second language. I walked out of the office 100% different than I walked out of the office back in 1997. The difference with the guidance counselor at the high school, it was black and white. At the high school was either you pass or fail, sink or swim. At the university level was here is a chance. It'll be harder. It'll be longer, but there is a way. And the same could have been told to me back in 1997. In 2010, I graduated with a bachelor's in Spanish. And having that bachelor's in Spanish, I was able to submit my application to the Department of Education as a grad student. And I enrolled in the program to be a teacher of English as a second language. I started with a vision and mission to be able to obtain a license to help students who are having the same troubles like I am. Because as an ELL, it never gets easy. You're an ELL for life. So it's something I'm still struggling with. So my passion and my vision 
was I need to help students face these failures and get to celebrations of success regardless of language proficiency, regardless of cultural backgrounds. In 2012, I obtained my licensure to become a teacher of English as a second language. The summer of 2012, I walk into my own first and very own classroom at Irvine Elementary School. The same county where I'm working right now and the same county where I started back in 2004. I remember walking through and the assistant principal pointing to the room and saying, this is your classroom, Miss Francis. A beautiful empty room with nothing on the walls. And me looking around thinking, this is my chance. This is my opportunity to make a difference in someone's life. And I promised myself that moment that I would not have a student in my class whose language and culture will be taken for granted because their stories matter, their language matter, their culture matters. After having to pick up my pieces and put myself back together, then I was able to begin my mission to empower my students. You see, there's no way I would have been able to help my students if I didn't go through all these struggles and huddles. I can see them eye to eye today and say, you can do this. You have to, you can, because I did it. And it feels so good to be able to have this power, to be able to have this experience to empower students feel empowered. I began working at an elementary school and I began pouring my heart out. Walls began to reflect my students. I display their work in the hallways. I display their work on social media. I started embracing culture and embracing parent engagement. I had my first newcomer who I was able to support in a way that I really would have wished someone did it for me back in the high school. I 
started creating an impact after impact in my students' lives. Teachers began noticing, my peers began, my colleagues began noticing my work. In 2015, my colleagues selected me as a teacher of the year for our school. And then I moved on to being elected as my county teacher of the year, a wonderful representation which I was able to serve in the Board of Education in my county. So many platforms began to show up for me to be able to share my story. A newspaper shared my story. People Magazine shared my story. Ellen DeGeneres shared my story. So many places where my work has been honored and my work has been received and appreciated and shown validation. I even got an email a couple of years ago from Jenna Echevarria, researcher and author of the PSYOP model. Her email said, I just watched your video and I wanted to say, great job. I cried before in front of that computer because having someone validating the work that I was doing with my student is so rewarding. Having connections with family is my reward. Yes, those platforms to showcase my work are amazing. But my passion and my purpose is making a difference in students' lives. I've had some of my students' work being published in books. Carol Salva mentioned my third graders in her book. A couple other books have mentioned my work as well. Because my students work 110% when they are given a place where they belong, a place of acceptance. You see, a student asked me today in an interview, what is one advice you would give us? And it didn't take me long to answer that question because I wished someone would have told me that back in high school. My advice to teens today and to anyone else really, if you have shelved your vision and you think you're dead to the system, don't let go of your dreams and desires and hopes. Hold on to them. One of the reasons I was able to pick up my pieces and put myself back together was because I didn't let go of the desire. I didn't let go of my dream and my vision to become a teacher. So I told these students today, whatever your dreams and hopes are, hold on to them. You're going to hit 
big barriers. It's not going to be easy. But holding on to hope and holding on to those desires to one day celebrate those successes is going to help you through life. It took me years. It took me six years for me to get out of being a cashier. It took me three years to get my associates. Two more years to get my bachelor's and two more years to get my master's degree. A long time in school. And ELL has a long way to go. But it's possible. We can do this. So I want to close by sharing a quote I read in a book I just finished, The Story of Rosie, The Book of Rosie, An Immigrant Experience. This quote stood out for me and it's perfectly for today's episode. And it says, this is the immigrant experience I wish people could see. The story of so many of us coming to the United States to escape violence and to build lives in which we will contribute fully to society. And that's exactly what I am doing today as an immigrant. I was able, yes, to put my pieces back together, accomplish my dreams, celebrate my successes, and now I contribute fully to society by empowering students, empowering teachers, collaborating with colleagues to be able to support students and help them be successful. If you are a teacher today, especially at the high school level, please reach out to your ELL students, especially immigrant students. Not only they have just a little bit of time to learn their language, the English language, but also to be able to get those credits for graduation and see how you can support them. Some of them may not even want to share their stories because immigrant stories can hurt. Retelling them over and over. But find a way that you can help them providing the resources that they need to be successful. Don't make them feel like they're dead to the system. Make them feel like they are valued, that they have a purpose that they have potential and that they can do it. If you're a student and you're listening to me right now, I see you. I know you. Don't give up. And if you quit, know that it's okay. We're human. Carol Salva, student, told me a couple of years, why did you quit? Why did you not go back and take the test? <laughs> I laughed because he's right. I quit. I gave up on myself. It's not easy when you're the one in that situation. 
It's easy for someone to tell you what to do. But just know that you have a purpose and you need to fulfill your purpose to fully, fully contribute to our society. You matter and you are important. Thank you so much for joining me for episode three. In episode four, I would like to share with you how is it that I ended up from the elementary school to the high school? Whoa! <laughs> it was a big transition for me. And I would like to tell you that story because stories matter. Till next time. Bye.